Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast for another episode, episode 56. Welcome back. I know we we're out the last week, but we're back. I know some of us, we we won some fantasy championships. Some others, we fell short, but we'll get into that once we get into the show. My name is Eugene, and you can find me on, on Twitter at FantasyGenes. That's G-E-N-E-S. You can also follow our official Twitter handle, Off the Line FF. And of course, I've always, I got my other host with me, Ike. How are you feeling today, man? Pretty, pretty good. Sad that the uh, the regular season is over. Um, but hey, we, 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 got, we got the postseason. We got a lot of interesting storylines. We got a lot of interesting teams um, that 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 are that are set to take the field. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun uh, postseason. It's gonna be a fun postseason. I'm looking forward to that. You know, before we get into the show, we did have a national championship game that happened, Georgia versus TCU, and so it happened. I was in California uh, visiting my little brother, and you know, as I was like, you know, being in LA, you just see I just saw a lot of purple out there. So I was like, all right, maybe. Maybe it's good vibes or whatnot. And then, huh. then when I was leaving, it started raining. It had been clear because it was raining before I got there, clear when I got there. And then game time, it was just pouring. That's also exactly what happened to TCU also. They got poured on with the 65 points. I'm not sure if anybody expected somebody getting beat by 50 points, but I didn't think Georgia was going to leave any meat on the bone in terms of keeping leaving the game close. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, at some point, I just like when it was thirty-eight to seven at halftime. I was like, you know what? Uh, what are we, what are we doing? Like, what are we? Doing? Why are we watching this? Why am I watching this? I, I changed the channel. I started playing with my phone. I started doing something else because it, 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 the TCU did not belong in the field. They did not. Be- it was a great story, right? It was a great story. You know, hacksaw Max Duggan. You know, he was a uh, <laughs> uh, you know you know he he was benched earlier in the season or not benched, but he he was he was a backup earlier in the season and then took over for the starter. Had a great run, but truth of the matter is, they they you know they they spent all their energy against Michigan, and then they had nothing left for Georgia. I mean, you can tell like you can tell the athletes on the field like were were just overwhelming TCU, man, overwhelming TCU. Uh, they they got one big play and it was a busted coverage. Uh, wasn't anything TCU did. It was something Georgia didn't do. So outside of that, the game was not even not even remotely competitive like at all. <laughs> No, I forgot about that bus cover. It could have been, it could have been sixty-five zero, honestly, because yeah, I saw that like 
65-0. They didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we want to touch on, on that college football game real quick. I know um, we're at the end of the season. We want to do a little recap, you know, of how how we fared in our championship games because the last time we talked about it, we were going into our championship games. I know that week 17 was pretty crazy. Just seeing how that week ended with, you know, the, you know, the sudden, you know, I don't even know what to describe it. Just the, the craziness of, you know, seeing a player just, you know, falling, collapsing on the field and just dead for minutes on the field. And luckily they were able to save his life. And you don't want to take that for granted in terms of, you know, just seeing that in real time. Um, so, you know, we just, we we thank we thank God we thank the people that were on on site to you know save that person's life from 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 you know from tragedy in front of uh, millions of people watching on TV and the people that are at the stadium just you know just removing the fantasy perspective but just real life is just you know crazy to see something like that that we, a game that we take for granted and not understanding what these players put on the line and you know things like this do happen you know once in a blue moon man. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's the crazy. It's the crazy thing I've, I've ever seen. I've ever seen. You know, I was I was out, um, and you know, I I was watching. I was watching it on my phone because the TVs weren't on. And then I saw like a player that was. I, I saw a player down, and I thought, oh man, another another head injury, or you know, what whatever the case is. And so you know, I went down to like the clubhouse of where I was at, and then uh, they were cutting to the studio, and I was like, wow, like they're still the the guy's still on the ground and. Um, but man, it, it's, it, again, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. And at the end of the day, like we have to realize that these, these players are, they're human beings. Like, you know, they have, they have lives, um, just like we do. Um, we, we, we rely on them and root for them, um, every single Sunday, every single Monday, um, to, you know, you know, to play a game. But, you know, at the end of the day, like they're, they're, they have, they have lives, they have loved ones. And, you know, that's the one thing that, that gets you know, a lot of people lose sight of. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, we're all thankful to, to see that you know Demar Hamlin is is recovering, uh, you know, <laughs> pretty pretty fast too. You know he's yeah. he's tweeting away. He's you know showing love to everyone, and uh, it's it, it's it's an awesome story. It's an awesome story to see, and it's just you know. Uh, but again, man, it's it was it was it was a it was a big big scare for sure. Big big yeah. scare. Yeah, and then you know, going on the the fantasy side of this, that I know a lot of, I mean, pretty much every league was affected by, you know, this game not being played. Uh, I know some of the leagues I was in, they just you know just scratched that game, and whoever had the highest score won. I know I I know one of my championship games, they were like the player I was playing, the person I was playing against had chasing chasing Allen. I had Diggs, and he was down like thirty something points, and he was like, let's play week eighteen. I was like, mm, you know what? Yeah, let's play it. Cause I had that. I mean, I was going for my three P. You know, I was kind of flexing a little bit because I could have just been like, nah, let's you lost. Let's give me <laughs> run, run me my money now. So I was like, no, nah, let's go. Let's yeah. let's do it. Yeah. And I I mean I still won. I mean, those two players, I think they put up 50. I think Chase put up like 20, uh Diggs put up 24. So I still mm-hmm. won. So you know, just I just wanted to flex that a little bit. But in terms of my championship games, that was the only one I won. I know. Another league I went against Jay Rich. I had digs left and I was down, I think, 50. And I was like, nah, this this is not happening. So I had to concede that one. And then the other two, I was getting blown out again on those ones. I didn't really have a chance. So went one for three, one out of four. So 
at least the one I won, I got I got the the three P. So maybe yeah. I I'll retire from that league since nobody can beat me. <laughs> no, you, you keep hey, you keep winning. You keep winning until somebody beats you. you. Keep winning until somebody beats you. How'd um, you fare? Uh, so you know, uh, the previous week I had got knocked out in four out of five semifinals. Um, which you know, which was unfortunate, but I ended up winning. Um, you know, only one championship this past week, and you know, my opponent had Jamar Chase. He was down about thirty points, twenty five, yeah. thirty points. Um, he might have made he might have made that up, but uh, since the the league decided to cancel the game, I had no players left. Jamar Chase was left. Um, you know, decided to you know to put a put the kibosh on it. So that was my third championship in the last four years in that league. So I'm kind of thinking about you know. Uh, you know, reflecting on my dominance and this guy. You know, we'll, you know, we'll 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 take some time this off season to think about uh, <laughs> our our future. Um, you know, it's you know, it's it's been a long it's been a long journey, um, long run of domination. But we'll we'll see where things land in the off season. Yo, f you, <laughs> f you, big f you. Yeah, but my but with that, my my fantasy season didn't actually end there. Um, I. Throughout the summer, we Gene and I we talked about a lot of these uh, best ball teams that we joined, especially on underdog, and uh, the one contest that um, you know the couple the couple of contests that stand out were you know obviously best ball mania three and the puppy right those are the main contests that you know many many in the fantasy industry play they entered they were very cheap to enter you know the puppy was five dollars and the best ball mania was twenty five per entry so people just loaded up throughout the summer various points. Um, so long story short, I, I actually had a team make it all the way to the final in the puppy, but in, in the puppy three and out of 223 people, 223,000 people at the very beginning, I advanced all the way to the final of 293 people. And I placed seventh. Big I placed bank. Seventh. I... Relax, relax, <laughs> relax. I placed seventh. Uh, it was you know, a, a pretty, a pretty big hit, pretty big win. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy to think about because, you know, I know a lot of people, they, they, they probably max out entries, 150 plus entries, but my, my total, I mean, I only entered the puppy three, 19 times. I had 19 entries in that particular contest and, and one of them made it to the final. There was a couple of others that could have made it to like the semifinal, but I made, I, I probably came up, you know, a couple, a couple of points short, but um, but this team had, you know, Jalen Hurts, had Kirk Cousins, and had Tom Brady at quarterback. Mm. And then my running backs were Ezekiel Elliott, Cam Akers, uh, Damian Pierce. You know, he did a lot of work for me throughout the season, but he got hurt, um, you know, toward, I think in November and was placed on IR. And then uh, I had Tyler Algier. Um, he, he's been coming on you know, over the last several weeks. Uh, I had J.D. McKissick. He was, in, you know, injured. I think relatively early on. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he played played, but like two or three games. Yeah. Um, and then I had uh, Jarek McKinnon, and Jarek McKinnon has not stopped scoring touchdowns since like the beginning of December. So, um, you know, a combination of all those running backs were just you know were just killing it. And then my receivers, I had Justin Jefferson. We all know the V wide receiver one overall this year. I had DK Metcalf. Uh, he didn't. He didn't really fare well, you know, in, in week seventeen. We'll, we'll more on him in a second. And then I had Devontae Smith uh, for the Eagles, and he had a pretty, good, pretty strong finish to the for, to the season. You know, had a you know multiple hundred yard games, just 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 eating right, just eating. And then uh, and then I had I had Russell Gage, 
And, you know, I, I, I probably drafted him relatively high with all that preseason hype. Uh, Chris Godwin's uncertainty in training camp with his knee injury. And then Mike Evans was, um, uh, you know, kind of in and out with a hamstring injury during training camp as well. And then I also had Mike Evans. <laughs> so I had Mike Evans and Russell Gage. So, uh, and obviously you guys know, you know, Russell Gage, I'm sorry, M- Mike Evans and Tom Brady went absolutely apeshit in week 17. They were the wide receiver. He was the wide receiver one overall. Evans was. Brady was a QB one overall. Um, for that week, and they were both on my um, on my best ball squad, and that propelled me to the you know the top seven spot. And then and tight end, I had Cole Komet and Mike Kosicki. They both scored touchdowns uh, that week as well. Um, so, but yeah, crazy. it was it was a crazy crazy finish to the season. Um, I, I know I know in that particular that particular draft, I remember because that was one of the very few drafts I was able to to stack like multiple pass catchers and multi and multiple quarterbacks because the you know one of the well, a general strategy in best ball is is stacking you know stacking good quarterbacks with good receivers and i was able to get you know jefferson and cousins brady and evans hurts and Devonte smith um all together um on one team so that was i'm not saying i would have won but i mean that was a, a general strategy that i deployed throughout you know across a lot of the teams that i drafted you know this this team just happened to pop at the right time like yeah. all different players, Cam makers in the semifinal had like 40 points. Um, so yeah, these, these players just, they, they showed up at the right time. And, um, that was, that was a pretty cool ending to my fantasy football season. You know, what was crazy about your, your running backs and wide receivers. You had between weeks 15 to 17, you had, you had the RB three, the RB four, the RB seven during those, during those three weeks. In the playoffs, <laughs> and then your then your wide receivers. You had the wide receiver two, wide receiver three, wide receiver four, wide receiver nineteen. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Insane. Man. It, it popped at the right time, at man. The, at the right time. At the right time, man. That's yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, I'll definitely be entering a lot more of these. Um, you know, next year. Um, it's definitely something to build build on, and I'm just I'm just thankful. I'm just thankful I even got that far. Just thankful yeah. I even got that far. Shoot, we might we might need to team up and just like just go with a portfolio approach so we can get closer to that one that that, that, that two million out. Yeah, yeah, two million, or we we do it like a uh, you know FFPC best ball team drafted together yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll fi- we'll figure that one. We'll out. figure it out. That's another conversation for another day. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> right, but can, just just moving moving along. Uh, you know, Gene and I we had some you know bold predictions at the very beginning of the season, um, and we want to see how 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 well we did. Uh, I'll go ahead and get it kick, kicked off. The first bold prediction, one of my proudest ones, and one of my biggest hits was Justin Fields, top eight quarterback, definitely a smash. He finished as the overall QB six, and he missed a couple of games here the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, he just, he came, he came, you know, came up maybe 60 plus yards or or something short of Lamar Jackson's single season rushing record, um, rushing yards record. Um, he was, he was, he was a stud. He was, uh, I think between like week, I think it started like weeks six, week seven. I think no, it was was a Monday night game against the Patriots. It's kind of when things started to kind of turn around for Justin Fields. And he just went on that tear for like three or four weeks. Um, that really, really buoyed him up, up there to, as you know, he was, it was, I think he was like the, the QB, the QB one, the QB two or QB two or three at one point. Um, but he settled at the QB six. So that, that was, that was definitely one of my biggest hits. 
Another hit that I had was Ramondre Stevenson being a top 15 running back. He finished as the RB7 overall and the RB11 in points per game. He kind of took over that backfield um, after Damian Harris got, got injured, uh, but he never gave that job back. He, was, he looked like the more, more explosive back. He was much better in the passing game. And, um, you know, he, he got a lot of check downs, a lot of, you know, a lot of targets um, out of the backfield. And so um, and he's, he was just consistently the better player. He was consistently the better player, so it, it was it, 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 he. He benefited a lot um, from from passing game usage, but he was you know also the goal line back and got a lot of uh, got a lot of the rush here as well. Um, I also had Dak Prescott as a top three quarterback. That was a clear miss. He missed five games, um, and then even when he got back, he was only the QB fifteen in points per game. So um, a lot of those interceptions have something to do with it, and he just he doesn't necessarily have that that good of a ceiling. Um, as a fantasy quarterback, as he once as he once did, you know, lack of weapons and uh, his mobility has kind of waned over the last couple of years. He's not running nearly as much as he used to, um, but he's still a pretty decent fantasy quarterback. It's just you know he if, he, if you give him another weapon um, outside of Stephen Lamb, he's you know he's not having to force the ball to Noah Brown or whoever uh, and and, <laughs> and and in the corpse of Michael Gallup, you know, we haven't seen him be good in quite some time. Um, so. And then to round to round it off, I had Miles Sanders scoring double digit touchdowns uh, this year, and you know we we talked about that ad nauseum. Yeah, he was due for some positive touchdown regression. No touchdowns last year. Had a lot of opportunities inside the ten, just wasn't able to cash in. But he scored eleven touchdowns this year, and he was you know he he was uh you know the Eagles' offense was humming. They were a top offense in the league, and if you're in a good offense, you're gonna have. Scoring, opp- you're going to have a lot of scoring opportunities, and Miles Sanders had a lot of those, and he was able to cash in. So yeah. those round out my main uh, bold predictions for the 2022 season. My bold predictions, you know, they were kind of a little more on the miss side. I had seven of them. My first one was Gerald Everett would finish as a top 12 tight end, and he actually finished 13. Mm-hmm. So I was almost there, almost there. He was what just you call that. You call that. A, I think you call that a hit because it was right. It was right there. You know, it was right there. Depending on what kind of league you're in and you know, points or whatever, it's give or take. You might you might call that a hit, or you can say that push. You can say yeah, push. I'll say a push because he was literally point nine points behind Dallas Goddard to be in inside the twelve. But you know it's close. We'll yeah. we'll call that a push. Yeah, and then my second one. Kadarius Tony would lead the Giants in receiving with over 1,100 yards. That was a super miss because this guy, I mean, Dable and him just didn't get along at all, and he just had this hamstring injury after barely playing any snaps because of the hamstring injury. Then he gets traded to the Chiefs, and he does pretty much nothing on top of him missing some games because of the hamstring injury. So that was a big fail on that part, just, you know, just being hyped up about the one game that he played against the Cowboys and, you know, just that mystique of what he could do was just misled me and a bunch of other people that are probably listening right now so my bad for that one <laughs> and the guy that's on the other side of this microphone too yeah <laughs> let us led us astray but you know what he's you know for the you know for how he's being used for the you know for the uh for the chiefs right now i mean if you get him a full season i mean we know juju's on a one-year deal i think mccall hardman's a, t- a free agent yep um i don't know what what to make of the rest of their receiving core, but uh, you know, he, he could, he could have a role next year in Kansas city. We'll see. Yep. 
Next one, T. Higgins would lead the Bengals in receiving, and that hit. He actually led then went 1,022 yards, and I think Chase was behind him by like 60 or 70 yards. Um, you know, Chase missed four games because of injury and still was just barely behind him. So luckily that one hit for me. But, I mean, again, I know we've been – you know, a lot of people in, in the space have just been arguing about who's the number one. I mean, this keeps – I mean, we don't have to say any. As long as you watch, you know that these guys are both number one. So, you know, it's just exciting to see what the Bengals will do with him next season. You know, this would be the last year's deal before they have to figure out who or, who or how they're going to pay. But I can't imagine Higgins, if he's not moving this offseason, then I don't think he's going to be there after next year for sure because of, you know, the amount of money that's going to have to be shelled out the, for Chase and Burrow. They got, soon. Some, they got some decisions to make. Yep. Yeah, pretty soon. Next one, this one was also a hit. We got Jalen Hurts will finish a t- as a top three quarterback, and he finished three. This guy, I mean, again, you just you heard Ike's underdog team how he smashed with with the with the Eagles stack. The Eagles offense was just on a just a tear this year, man. There was just a you know just a well oiled machine, and he was actually QB one before he missed week sixteen and seventeen because of injury. So. I definitely think he would have been the QB one if he if he didn't get hurt if he didn't hurt that shoulder for sure. So now, now do we do we do we think that's a really a bold prediction? Like, I mean, people weren't belie- people were still being questionable, even though they had just picked up AJ Brown. Um, people still weren't believing in in Sanders because of the pre- previous season. And I know I was one of those people where I didn't believe that he would be able to support two two top what twenty four wide receivers because they hadn't had any top 24 wide receiver finish since uh, what Alshon Jeffrey in 2017. So I didn't think let alone one, but two of them would finish that high. So, but it's, it's about, it's about Hertz and Hertz was like the number one QB in 2021. He was until he got hurt before he got hurt. And that was without uh, a, a, a proven weapon in AJ Brown. So I don't know. I don't think it's, I don't think it's bold. I mean, go, I mean, we'll agree it's a prediction. There, it's a pr- maybe you just take out bold and just say a prediction. A prediction. You can say a prediction. Yeah. Oh, I think Jalen Hurts finishes top three. Okay, don't say it. Don't make it bold. Like I don't think. <laughs> <it's bold>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next one was Adam Thielen finished with ten plus touchdowns for the third straight season. That was a miss. He wasn't even close. This dude looked washed. Um, in in Jets, as you saw this season, he was the guy and no one, no one else until T.J. Hawkinson came came from trade. From the lines, and then you saw he was the number two. It's just Adam Thielen was just an afterthought. Even at the end of the season, KJ Osborne was even even cooking, and Thielen was still just pretty much watching on the field. So sad sight to see there. Yeah. All right, the next one. This one was definitely a, a surprise miss. Was Metcalf and Lockett would finish outside the top twenty-four wide receivers, and these guys actually finished inside the top fifteen. Both of them. Uh, it was crazy to see that that Lockett finished actually number tw- no twelve, wide receiver twelve, and then DK finished fifteen. So this was definitely one of the biggest surprises I know before the season started. The Seattle Seahawks offensive line was was graded the worst by PFF before the season started. None of us thought that Geno Smith would you know be a viable starter. We let alone be QB six for the season. So just old man Pete Carroll figured out a way and just. He, he he has another life, another life, and you know you see them there in the playoffs. So just amazing what they did there. Honestly, and and, and, and Russell Wilson and them are not in the playoffs. <laughs> like it's it's 
Bro, I it mean, gave them a it gave them a top what five six pick on top of that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> It, it's it's one of the it's one of the more puzzling, like the, the Seattle's outlook in the in the off season was so bleak, dude. It was so bleak, and and now they're like one of the premier like teams because of like the draft capital that they have, the young players on their offensive line, like their secondary was two two rookies that fucking shut down like like half the year they were shut down. So yeah. we weren't even crazy. sure. We weren't even sure if the Seahawks could get first downs. Bro. <laughs> bro. And that offense was out there humming at I mean Geno Smith majority threw 30 touchdowns. <laughs> what? <laughs> like it's crazy, man. Crazy. Crazy. But yes, that was a miss also. And then my last prediction was Aaron Jones would lead the Packers in receptions. And he actually tied for the lead in receptions. I didn't think before the season, I thought this was set up for him to to do major damage because of you know the lack of weapons or the lack of trusted weapons, but he did his thing relatively how much that offense actually struggled. I know Aaron Rodgers was not really good this year um, in terms of fantasy numbers. So it uh, feels they, like it feels like Aaron Jones should have had a lot more. Yes, yes, a lot more, and then for whatever reason, it just didn't happen. I think fifty. I yeah, fifty six is just. I, it I was a low number for him. I thought he was gonna. I thought he was gonna have seventy plus easy. At least seventy. At least seventy. It's low. You got to think about some of these games where, like, he got out targeted by AJ Dillon for whatever reason. Remember that little span where he just wasn't getting touches. <sighs> Don't remind me, please. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then him dealing with injury late in the season. Like, it, I don't know. It was. It was a weird. It was a weird showing. Looking at the Packers and just how he was used overall. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I feel like I don't want anything to do with, with them anymore with mm -hmm. that offense anymore because of just how, I don't know, just how egregious they're, they use Aaron Jones. It just doesn't make any sense to me. No, like he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be, he should not be off the field that much. He just shouldn't be. Yeah. He just shouldn't be, but Hey, that's, that's someone else's problem to deal with. Love, yeah. I love Aaron Jones. Love him as a player. I'm, Aaron, I'm the, I'm one of the original Aaron Jones truthers. But man, I, I, I just that usage is just too frustrating. Yeah, it was, it was egregious. But let's go on and talk about some of the players that we, we that we targeted before the, uh, during the preseason before, before the season started. I'll go real quick with the five that I had. Funny that we just talked about this guy Aaron Jones. I had him as one of the players to target. I know preseason IDP has he was RB ten. And he actually finished RB8. Um, and like we just said, we thought he would finish higher just because of the the potential usage in the passing game that just didn't happen at the rate that we thought it would, but it was still good enough for him to finish RB8. The second yeah. one for me was Trey Lance. He was at ADP QB13. He was going pretty high. And, you know, he played one game in, in the torrential rain, looked like ass. Then he played in about a quarter of a, the next game. Wasn't really – I mean, I think they scheduled, did a couple scheduled runs in the second scheduled run. He got rolled over, and his ankle was was pointing a different direction, and his season was over. So uh, that just didn't work out. Uh, Brandon Cooks, my third target, he was preseason wide receiver 20. This guy finished wide receiver 51. As you saw, the, the Texans just didn't know what the fuck they were doing on offense. Weren't really using them. Rotated like eight different quarterbacks. 
um, yeah, just didn't just didn't work. And he, on top of that, he play, didn't play a couple games because he thought he was going to get traded and didn't happen because of the extension he signed before the season started. So nobody wanted to touch that. So mm. failed season. <laughs> <laughs> Next player was Michael Pittman. He was a wide receiver 13 ADP before the season started. He finished wide receiver 20. The way they used him was really weird. He Instead of him going down the field, they just used him at with digs and slants. Um, you know, just Matt Ryan's arm just looked dead. Just the offense was just dead by the end of the season. Just, just didn't, just didn't happen for him. I know we were really high on him this year. Just, just didn't happen, man. I don't know yeah. why. Um, and then the last player that I targeted was, you know, my guy, Gerald Everett. I was pushing him heavy before the season. He was tied in 21. I thought this was an easy smash finished tied in 13 for the season. So I think overall, we had I had the right process of just you know a couple of players that just didn't work out to the to the extent I thought it would. So yeah, so um, going to my uh, players to target my first and probably like my my biggest targeted hit was Saquon Barkley. I think he was the guy that I had set out to almost draft you know draft him in almost every single draft. Um, you know the, the logic was pretty simple: year or two post ACL tear has yeah. RB one overall upside. Um, you know, he was ramping up in 2021 prior to, you know, him, you know, rolling his ankle on an errant Darren, uh, Daniel Jones pass, but he finished this year as the RB five, um, overall and in points per game. So pretty much, you know, kind of in line with what we expected, uh, what most of us expected out of him, uh, this year. So it was a bounce back year. And there was actually some, some games where, you know, he, he didn't necessarily have the, you know, the, the best, you know, efficiency. Um, you know, there's there was times where he looked like he was kind of you know being you know worn down and being just slammed to the back of the line. That really? that Giants offensive line wasn't wasn't um, didn't 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 play as well as they should have at least down the stretch. But there was a couple of, of uh, a couple of big runs that he had, you know, towards the end of the season. So, uh, but yeah, Saquon Barkley clearly like my top my top hit uh, this year. Uh, next, I had Lamar Jackson. He was my QB two going into the season. Uh, I, I just, you know, again, you know, he, the, he had he had Rashad Bateman, you know, coming back, you know, from injury, and he shot he showed a, he showed a rapport with him earlier in the season, um, until you know until until he got hurt, um, Lamar Jackson flashed, you know, that fifty point upside against that against the, the the Dolphins in that week two shootout, but you know from a points per game perspective, I know Lamar Jackson has been hurt over the last month, but from a points per game perspective, he was still the QB six. In points per game, so you know it wasn't like Lamar Jackson was out there not you know not performing, but you know he just you know you know bad injury luck, bad injury luck. So um, Lamar Jackson, um, but I think my my biggest miss uh, this year was Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore was my biggest miss mm-hmm. uh, by far. I he was an auto pick for me almost every single sixth round dra- sixth round I had <laughs> in drafts. He was an auto pick. <laughs> and those those teams that had Elijah Moore were were not were were destined to not go anywhere. And he, you know, started the preseason. I think he was the the wide receiver thirty eight, going basically eighty fourth overall. Do you want to know where he finished? Yeah, where did he finish? You're gonna have to go all the way down from a, well from a points per game perspective. He finished as the wide receiver 100. Jeez. From a points per game perspective. 
But uh, from a total points perspective, he was the wide receiver 81. So that's like a wide receiver. I don't know. You you lose count at that point, right? <laughs> he's a he's a guy on your waiver wire. He's a, he's a waiver wire. I mean, uh, some some guys that finished ahead of him: Devontae Parker, Romeo Dubs, Darnell Mooney, and he got hurt. You know, yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, he scored Rashid, one touchdown. Rashid Shahid, <laughs> Isaiah Hodgins, DJ Chark, Corey Davis, Nico Collins, Marquise Goodwin, McCall Harden. Jeez. Uh, so that's. That that kind of paints a picture of how rough it was for Elijah Moore. I'm still in Elijah Moore. He's going to be going out and going in at a discount. I think hopefully once they get better quarterback play, um, I think he, I think his, his talents will be utilized because you know there's 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 no reason why he shouldn't be targeted a lot in that offense. Uh, I know Garrett Wilson came in and, and started you know started shaking shit up and showed that he's <laughs> a stud. Yeah, but um, but Elijah Moore on the other side just as comparable. Um, so. Biggest miss was Elijah Moore. Next, I have Darnell Mooney. That was another miss of mine. He was the wide receiver 29 going into the season. Um, he just come off, just came off of a second-year breakout. And, you know, much like Elijah Moore, you know, Darnell Mooney was almost an auto pick in like the sixth, seventh round turn, the sixth, seventh turn. Um, but, you know, Darnell Mooney finished as the wide receiver 72. Uh, and he got hurt. So it, it's... It was just uh, it was just a bad showing for those two guys that I had, you know, invested a lot in. I would say, <laughs> in in many <laughs> drafts. Uh, and then I had uh, Ramondre Stevenson, and we we talked about him earlier. That was a big hit for mine for me. Uh, I, I I wasn't able to draft too much of him, but I but the places that I drafted him in, I had to, I had some pretty decent success uh, for the most part. For the most part, um, and then just rounding it out, I had Kadarius Tony. Um, he was the wide receiver 51. His, his ADP was up and down during the summer. Um, got, got pretty, got pretty high, but I was able to like, not really draft too much of him. He was a target of mine, but I wasn't able to draft too much of him because people were beating me to the punch. So thankfully I avoided the landmine there. (laughs) (laughs) And then my, my, and then I had a bonus pick of Miles Sanders. And this was another guy I wasn't able to really draft too much of, but this is a guy that I really wanted. In a lot, a lot of my teams, and you know, it was just for the reasons that I outlined. Positive touchdown regression was coming. You know, run heavy offense, really good offense, um, and would definitely open up running lanes. I think Miles Sanders had you know just shy of thirteen hundred yards rushing and eleven touchdowns, so uh, he was a target of mine. But unfortunately, I wasn't able to get too much of him. Yeah, there was some some pretty good good names, good targets that you hit on for sure. Yeah, but you know, just uh, the Elijah Moore and Darnell Mooney; those are two guys that, oh man, they 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 screwed me big time. <laughs> they screwed me big time this year. <laughs> um, doesn't mean I'm completely out on them next year or next season. It's just got to be more, got to be more cautious. We watch the film, we get better, and we 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 try to we try to do our thing. We try to do our thing. Yes, we do. <laughs> All right, real quick, let's hit on these uh, players that we that we. We coined to avoid. Uh, my first one was Damian Harris. He was RB29 before the season started. He finished RB51. And the main thing was that because of last year, he was so efficient in the red zone. I think he had four, 13 touchdowns on 44 red zone carries. That's like 30%. So I was like, there's no way he's going to going to repeat that with him not catching any passes. And sure enough, he was hurt, lost his spot. 
hurt and finishes RB 51. So that was a good avoid there. I avoided <laughs> Patrick Mahomes that I didn't think he was going to repeat at QB one and he fucking repeated at QB one. So I, my main reason is that because it, wasn't, it wasn't Josh Allen. I thought it was Josh Allen. Oh, sorry. He was good. He was QB two. Sorry. And I thought in his ADP was QB two. I didn't think he was going to thought He was going to finish probably top five, but I didn't think he was going to finish, finish above QB two because of no Tyree kill and a bunch of new weapons that I didn't think that were good. And, he finishes not only a higher yards per per uh, reception than last year, but he finishes a QB one. So that was a mm-hmm. miss. DK Metcalf, I thought he was a avoid, and his ADP was wide receiver nineteen. He finishes at wide receiver fifteen. Um, as we talked about, his his online was graded as the worst before the season started, and we thought Geno was fucking dust, and he wasn't. And their online was pretty good, so. That was a miss. A.J. Brown, I thought because of the new system and the offense hadn't supported a top 24 wide receiver, I thought he was gonna not going to be better than the ADP at wide receiver 11 preseason, and he finishes wide receiver five. As we saw that, he just smashed everything in front of him. And then Mark Andrews, this was somebody I thought was – he was – before the season started, his ADP was tight end two. I figured he'd finish top five, but I didn't think he was going to be top two or one uh, just because Baltimore had had three their top three running backs injured before the season started. So they threw the ball. I think they ran the most plays per game last year and they and they did. I think they ran the ball like bottom eight. So I just thought because of you know people coming back from injury, I just thought they would get back to the running game. And he ended up finishing tight end three, even though like half the season it was it was pretty bad because of because of Tyler Huntley playing and, you know, just how weird their offense was this season. So, you know, it was kind of hit or miss with their voice, but, you know, again, we go back, we watch the tape and try to get better for next year for these, for, for everybody listening. Yep. So my avoids, uh, first starting off, I think this is probably my biggest avoid was, uh, was Clyde Edwards Alaire. And for a while, you know, he was, I think he got up to like the, the RB4, um, at the early part of the season, just ran hot on touchdowns. But as yep. we talked about on the show, as we, yeah, as many of the fantasy industry alluded to, he his usage was just not sustainable um, enough for you know to, to or his usage, you know, it wasn't you weren't able to sustain all that production with you know RB basically RB three usage, and that's kind of where he finished on a points per game basis, uh, RB, or an RB four. Uh, he finished at the RB thirty nine on a points per game basis, and so it, it you know, he was. Uh, a landmine that I avoided and, you know, a player that we told you that it's not going to last. You need to trade him. <laughs> you need to, you, you definitely <laughs> need to trade him. You, you definitely need to sell high. Um, but people were just kind of trotting him out there and cost themselves wins because they thinking, oh, he's just going to fall in the end zone again. But, you know, we knew that it wasn't sustainable. And this was a guy that, you know, he's, he, he, he lost his job to Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco. Um, and then he got hurt. Unfortunately, he got hurt. Um, but you know, again, like this was a guy that we were, we we did not want any parts of uh, this season. And you know, in the end, it came out that he was a guy that you needed to avoid. Um, the next guy that I wanted to avoid was Alan Lazard. Um, he was getting a lot of hype in the in the off season as you know Green Bay's number one receiver, and you know Aaron Rodgers had total faith and trust in him and this that and the other this that and the third um i mean 
He finished as the RB, as the wide receiver 35. Um, kind of, you know, kind of in line with what he was, what where he was going. Although I did see some, you know, I did see some, uh, you know, drafts where he was in the creeping in the 20s from a wide receiver range. You know, t- creeping into the top 24. That was absurd. That was ridiculous. Um, I, I didn't think that was, you know, very smart for people to do. Um, he, you just never really saw the ce- a, a, a ceiling, a, a good ceiling from him. He had a couple of couple of uh, hundred yard games and had some touchdowns, but I mean, if you just look at his numbers, I mean, he's basically right on line with what he what he was last year. Yeah. Um. So you know, really, really not blown away from you know from Alan Lazard, especially when you know Christian Christian Watson, who basically was a, an invisible for like the first half of the year. Almost finished with the same amount of points as him <laughs> this year. So thirty-four, you know, wide receiver thirty-four and wide receiver thirty-five, respectively, um, in points in a points per game perspective. In the past, they took the get there were completely different. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, Alan Lazar was a guy that I was avoided that I avoided, and then another guy I avoided, another wide receiver who got a lot of hype in the off season that I wasn't really too keen on was Juju Smith Schuster. Um, you know, he finished as the overall wide receiver 27, you know, you know, a wide receiver three, you know, pretty decent. Um, you know, I, I, I had him, you know, ranked relative, like much lower than that um, before the season started. I think I had him in like the, what, the forties. Um, probably. But, yeah, I think I have him in the forties, him and Lazar were probably in the same range for me. I just, I just didn't buy it, but he had some good games uh, for the chiefs. Um, but he was only. You know, from a points per game perspective, the wide receiver 37. So it wasn't a guy that you were building your team around. It wasn't a guy that you were, you know, chomping at the bit to 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 acquire. And so, um, but these these two guys, I still feel pretty pretty good about you know how how their seasons ended up playing out based on you know what I what I felt about them before, before the season. And then I had Jerry Judy uh, as an avoid, thinking that you know uh, Cortland Sutton was going to be the number one there. Boy, was that boy that was that one wrong? <laughs> and, and we got that entire Denver Broncos offense in general. We got that wrong. Wrong, um, big time. Jerry Judy finishes the wide receiver twenty-one um, from a points per game perspective. So he turned out to be the much better receiver than Cortland Sutton. I don't know if Cortland Sutton had. I think he scored a, his first touchdown last week, and you know, basically in a week that didn't matter for the first time in like. Eight, eight or nine weeks, um, but Jerry Judy finishes the wide receiver twenty-two, so he was a much better receiver this year um, than Cortland Sutton. So that was a definitely um, a miss for me. Um, even though Jerry Judy got a lot of his production towards the end of the season, when either you know you were probably out of the playoffs anyway, um, but you know there, there may have been some playoff teams that benefited from some of these these good Jerry Judy games. Um, um, but yeah, and then um, fine, to, to, to kind of round things off, I had uh, I had J.K. Dobbins as another avoid. Um, he was just going way too high in drafts. He his his knee injury was was something that was not not just your typical ACL tear. It was an ACL, I think LCL and PCL or something like that. And a torn hamstring. And a, and a torn hamstring. Like his leg, basically, his knee basically exploded. Um, and you know he came back too early and had to get shut down for four weeks and then he came back and he had 200 yard games in a row so um so at least towards the end of the season he started looking like the, the jk dobbins that a lot of people thought they would get early in the season um so with a full off season of you know you know just kind of continuing to rehab that knee 
I think uh, in 2023 uh, he'll be he'll be right where he needs to be, like in the in the RB twenty range, um, going in drafts. And so yeah. those were, those were my avoids. To round out the show, we know a lot of you are looking for what's next. You know, fantasy football is over. Um, you know, you're trying to find something to get into. Um, the one thing that we, you know, Gene and I, we're going to be taking part in. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of these these best ball playoff contests on Underdog. Um, Underdog Fantasy, they have um, a bunch of these contests that are, that are running every day, every single week. You know, um, and, they're, and they're half PPR, not full PPR. So just keep that in mind. But the main contest that they have going on, they have the Gauntlet for $25. Um, max 150 lineups. They have the big mitten for 250, and that's a maximum of 27 lineups. And they have the mitten for five dollars, and that's a maximum of 150 as well. So this is just a you know basically a best ball playoff contest. And the, the rules: it's a six-person draft. You get to draft 10 players. Your starting lineup is one quarterback, one running back, two wide receiver tight ends, one flex, and five bench spots. Um, and it's basically, you know, four four weeks of competition, you know, obviously wild card, divisional, conference championships, and then Super Bowl. Top scoring team from each group, they move on to the next round. So round one and two, you play versus five other teams. Round three, you play versus seven other teams. And round four, which is the Super Bowl, that's, you know, versus 157 other teams. And that's basically all the teams that won from their respective groups to move on to the next week. Um, basic strategy, just <laughs> real simple. Win every single week. <laughs> you need to win each week. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, these points don't carry over from previous rounds. I know that's that was that would be like the the initial thought or your or your initial inclination is that all these points carry over. If they don't carry over, it's every single week. Do you win that week or not? And so you kind of have to draft your teams on how you think the playoffs will go. So if you think, let's say, if you think the Bengals are going to go back to Super Bowl, you know, you, you obviously want to draft Joe Burrow as your quarterback and then draft one of Chase or Higgins. If you're able to get both, that's great. But if you're, but, but chances are you probably won't. So maybe you can pivot to, you know, Higgins and Boyd or something like that. So if you think, you know, player like the, you know, if, if, if you think they're going to play the Eagles in the Super Bowl, Make sure you draft some Eagles players. Make sure you draft, you know, AJ Brown or or Miles Sanders or Dallas Goddard or whoever. So, um, you know, just kind of have just kind of have that in mind. Don't draft too many players though that have a buy, because you don't obviously you don't get points for that week. So you want to make sure you ha- you draft the guy that's going to get points for you in that get in that given week or has the the potential to have a spike week, so to speak. Like for instance, like the Chargers, like Austin Eckler. He's he's finished as a fantasy RB one overall. He's playing against Jacksonville this week. They're not the best against the run or against running backs. I think he may have a really really good game, and he's going to advance. So he's going to guarantee at least two games, right? So you'll get two games of Austin Eckler and his thirty five point upside. So that's a good guy to kind of have in your lineup um, for at least two weeks. Obviously, for the for the first round and then the second round. So. Um, you do definitely need to draft two quarterbacks um, since one has to start each week. But if you're confident in one particular team making it all the way to the big dance, this is where your strategy can differ. So if you think Josh Allen is going to or the Bills are going to make it to all the way to the Super Bowl and win it, draft Josh Allen, don't draft any of the quarterbacks. And then you can 
fill in the rest of your team with you know other you know other running backs or other wide receiver flexes or things of that nature. Any anything else I'm leaving out? I mean, I know you want to. I know you typically want to play like at least five to seven entries so you can hope for that. You know that 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 you know that that ticket to kind of fall in your lap to get to get to the big dance. But is there anything else that I could I, I'm potentially missing here? Um, <clears throat> I would say like if you're drafting because a, a lot of people might might want to stack up on like the Eagles or Chiefs because they have the buy and with the you know, with the wrinkle of like the points not carrying over, you could even be a little more contrarian and go like with some of these teams that only they're probably going to be one and done. Like, you know, Travis Etienne going against the Chargers who have one of the worst run defenses. You could even go that way, knowing that you got at least two other running backs on your team that might play like two or more games. So you could go that way to get that, you know, get that push that first week because, you're going to need it if you're drafting like three players that they have buys, like you're going to, you need points. So it's tricky. It, it, it gets a real spicy when you start, you know, dabbling with, with like quarterbacks and some, I don't know, you might be even in a draft where somehow you end up with, with, with Hertz and Mahomes. I mean, that'd be bad. I think that'd be bad process because now you have to spend another, a, another pick on a quarterback again. Um, when I think you should be only drafting two quarterbacks, so you can, so you can load up on your wide receiver slash tight end position, since that that position could be, you can start at least three of those type of players. So I would definitely be, I I would definitely lean on at least trying to get one or two players that you think are going to be one and done, in case that spike week happens. And also in terms of your player pool, you shouldn't you shouldn't x out. Any anybody, it, it, every uh, certain players like, let's say for instance like Quez Watkins, he shouldn't be like every player should be in your pool to be drafted because he might have that spike week that you need to you know propel you into another round. So you shouldn't leave any player out in terms of potential drafting them. Yeah, he can be. He can definitely be a, players like him to Kadarius Tony, McCall Hardman. Like those guys can make diff, you know make a difference for you down the stretch because those those guys are for all intents and purposes guaranteed two playoff games, right? I mean, yeah. I think um yeah, I think the Chiefs for sure, I mean, they'll they'll play the bracket side they'll, they'll play the side of the bracket that does not have the Bills and the Bengals. So, um so you'll at least have you'll you'll at least have two two Kansas two uh, two Chiefs games and on the Eagles side, um if, you know, if the Cowboys somehow lose to the Buccaneers, which is very likely, um you'll see the you'll see you'll see the um you'll see the buccaneers go to go to philly and lose and then you'll have two you know two game two at least two games of the of the eagles and so because they'll, pl- they'll play at home and they'll play the, N- the nfc championship game and so that's that's that those, those are things that you kind of have to keep um keep in the back of your mind um but it's as far as like some some team builds the most common team build that i've seen and that i've actually done is uh two quarterbacks three running backs and five you know wide receivers slash tight ends i mean that's that's usually the the the, the optimal one for me i've seen i've seen a, a couple of others that have you know one quarterback and then three running backs and then six wide receiver tight ends and then I, I saw somebody take it a step further one quarterback two running backs and then seven you know wide receiver you know tight ends interesting. Which, is, which is pretty interesting i mean you know there's there's all kinds of strategies um, that you can deploy, but for the most part, the most common one that I've that I've done and that I've seen is two, three, five. So um, yeah, that, 
that's kind of the one that I'm that I'm sticking with the most. Um, and I can just kind of walk through a couple of my teams that I have right now. Like for instance, I have I have Joe Burrow as as one of my quarterbacks, and then Kirk Cousins as the other. So so in this in this particular build, you you you're you have you have in mind that the Bengals may go to the Super Bowl again, right? So yep. I got Joe Burrow, and then I got T Higgins uh, as you know wide receiver, and then running backs. I have Miles Sanders. He has a bye, so yep. you know you won't get points this week. You'll get points next week, and I think that they may play two games. And then I got Saquon Barkley, uh, so he he may get a lot of points against the Vikings uh, this week. And then I have J.K. Dobbins. So you never know what's going to happen with J.K. Dobbins. He could have a pretty good game as well uh, against against the Bengals. And then on the and then my other receivers, I got Stephon Diggs. So he's guaranteed at least a couple of playoff games. You know, assuming things play out the way they should. And then I have Dallas Goddard. So he has a he has a buy. I I have Mike Evans. And so uh, and this this kind of assumes that maybe they. You know, they have a really, really good week against the Cowboys. And whatever happens, happens. If they advance, cool. If they don't, cool. Mike Evans did his job, right? And I have yep. other guys that I can rely on. Yep. And then and then uh, rounding out, I have Adam Thielen. So that, that thielen cousin stack could come into handy this week. Uh, he could turn back the clock and have a couple of touchdown receptions against the Giants <laughs> or something like that. So that's kind of the logic there uh, with this team. So uh, have you drafted any teams yet or are you still playing? I, I have not, but I probably will be starting tomorrow because I know so many, you know, those leagues are starting to fill up or whatnot. So I, I, I do want to also say, like, some of these, you know, playing these type of tournaments, I know a lot of people like taking the portfolio pro- approach. So, I mean, those are people that are probably, you know, playing like 50 to 100 or 150 lineups. When you're playing like five to seven, you don't have that luxury to to take a portfolio approach. You you need the the players that you really you really or teams that you're really eyeing. You gotta really you gotta really hone in and, and hope those picks those picks hit because you don't have the luxury that you have where a portfolio approach. If you got like a hundred like a hundred liners, you can take some of these team bills like with the one quarterback, three running backs, six wide receiver tight ends. You you have the luxury of doing that because you're you know you're spreading yourself out through a course of a hundred lineups to hopefully a couple of them hit. So, you know, just, you know, whatever your, your wallet can handle really. So I think if you're doing not that many, then you got to be more judicious on the players that you're picking. And here's one late and here's another team just really quick. If this was a two, four, four, um, this is a two, four, four, uh, uh, format. So I had, mm-hmm. uh, I had Mahomes and cousins as my quarterbacks. Okay. Um, I had Austin Eckler, James Cook, J.K. Dobbins, and Elijah Mitchell as my running backs. Now, all these all these guys play on wild card, wild card weekend. They're probably all not going to lose, but if three out of four of them lose, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're we're really being spread thin here. Yeah. And then I only have four, um, you know, wide receiver tight ends: Justin Jefferson. Um, I have Juju, uh, Dallas Goddard, and McCall Hardman. So th- this one, this this league is is probably going to be missing. Actually, hold on. Let me see the, the format again. That yeah. that lineup, you're definitely banking on KC winning winning the whole thing. Yeah, I'm banking on KC winning the whole thing and having like a lot of spike week um, yeah. potential. So yeah, but I, but I think in this one, 
I may take a zero in one of the in one of the wide receiver tight end spots because <laughs> I have three other guys that are on by. So hopefully Justin Jefferson just has an all world game. Yeah, and just does everything he's supposed to do. Um, yeah. But we'll see. But this was like one of the one of the teams that I kind of I kind of screwed up on a little bit. But it still has potential though, if especially yeah. if it makes it out. Yep. Yeah, because you got that that giant secondary who is which is not good, but they always find a way to stay in these games. So you're definitely gonna need that Justin Jefferson blow up game for sure. All right, you know this is we're at the end of the show, man. Like no good going back and and checking the you know some of our predictions in the preseason. Checking the receipts. Sh- yeah, how they shaked out. So just being more accountable for for the people that are listening and. You know, we can go back and look at our process and, you know, fine tune it for next year. So make sure y'all tap into the all, all Gas newsletter that we drop every Friday morning at 7.01 a.m. You can find that. I know you can find it on my Twitter handle. You can find it on Destination Devi on Twitter. Hit that subscribe button if you don't already already not tapped into that as we get ready, get really deep into, you know, draft. You know, draft season. I know Ray and Jay Rich and Jordan Backus are a data guy that drops a lot of a lot of these analytics on these college profiles. I know we got rookie drafts that are going on, so you'll see the ADP how they fluctuate during the course of this time before we get to the draft season. So, you know, it's exciting to get this time of the season. And also, Ray does the does the film film breakdown studies on on Wednesday night. So if you're not in, tapped into the Discord, you can definitely tap into that. So no, I, that's I mean, that's all I got, man. Like what else you got anything else before we get up out of here? No, it was uh it was it was a great season. Hopefully, you know, a lot of the stuff that we've um that we've been, you know, kind of conveying to you guys for the last 17 plus weeks, you know, you guys turn that into some championships and a little extra money in your pocket. And you know, a lot of our prize picks plays, hopefully some of those, you know, uh, a lot of those cashed um for for you guys especially on gene side gene side gene had a much better season than i did um from the <laughs> prize picks uh, plays perspective but um but yeah hopefully you guys had a lot of success man and we're we're excited to continue to bring you content and hopefully we can you know steer you steer you in the right direction for some of these uh best ball tournaments until then we'll be back next week so y'all be safe peace out